You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And good morning, Birds fans. It's a throwdown Thursday here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac bros, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, nice enough day. Got the dog out this morning. Yes, it is spring. Yes, football is right around the corner. Am I going to say that for the next 100 and change days before the Eagles kick off? Yeah, I guess Right so. around the corner, baby. You know what is right around the corner, Jody? Legitimately. What's uh, that? On-field OTAs. A week from tomorrow, tomorrow Friday, yes, tomorrow's Friday, the media will be allowed to watch an Eagles OTA practice. Grass that is, time. That is grass time uh, right around the corner. Well, seven on seven in T-shirts and shorts. Uh, right, which is, of course, with the Philadelphia Eagles, non-mandatory. Uh, I'm guessing you expect a uh, pretty high percentage uh, attendance rate. For the birds, have you heard any whispers as to guys who might just either be completely excused and or say, yeah, these 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 workouts are not necessarily something I need? 
No. Um, in fact, I would expect high 90s. Uh, you know, there's always something. You know, somebody, a veteran player can get excused um, if they have something to do that, you know, they're having a kid for, you know, instance, somebody's going to um, say, yeah, don't worry about it. But, uh, you know, one of the Eagles, one of the reasons the Eagles uh, set up things the way they have is to make the players happy and they, you know, negotiate essentially sort of a mini CBA with the players. Uh, look, if we don't do this, you know, this is important, build chemistry, team building, got to be in for OTAs and everybody's agreed to it and everything's kumbaya. So, yeah, I would expect, if not 100%, very close to it. Yeah, everything is kumbaya until it's not. And yeah. then the things can go uh, somewhere. Straight. Who who negotiates that quasi-team CBA that you just referenced? The, is that uh, Sirianni? Uh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, no, I don't, I don't think it is. And, you know, and I've heard both well, sides. Well, of the hold story. on. If it's not Sirianni, then is it Howie? Yeah, Does he Howie. get in touch Howie's, with each Howie's individual in, uh, player? No, agent? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it like that. I would say, I would say it's how he tells uh, Nick, "This is the way we want to do it," and Nick uh, agrees to it. And the players obviously have no problem with the players are the least uh, important because everything's good for them. They don't have mandatory work, but they do talk to the leadership committee, uh, which is. You know, veteran players, Kelsey Graham, players, players like that. And it's more about the veteran players. Let's be honest, the rookies and the young players, the still developing players, uh, they could use as much uh, sure. work as possible. So, you know, it is shifted and geared more towards veteran players. No question about that. If you're not locked to make the team, you know you're showing up because – there is so there are so few instances where you get to show up and show off for what your capabilities are and how you can help the Philadelphia Eagles in this upcoming year. So I understand that a anytime there's any activity, mandatory or not, if you're a uh, an undrafted free agent or a first or second year player who wasn't a high draft pick, oh, you're showing up. We know that. But it is all about the free agent, uh, the the veteran guys who have uh, time in around the league. On every given year, the veteran committee, as you just called it, uh, should change because you've got different guys. Do they have a meeting at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year? How is that committee, if you are uh, selected to be on that veteran committee, are you on it till your days are numbered as a Philadelphia Eagle? How does that work? Who's on the veteran committee? Yeah, that's up to the head coach and and – you know, like last year, Rodney was a big part of it. And he was probably, you know, everybody kind of knew that if it wasn't, uh, there was a likelihood it was going to be his last year in Philadelphia. So um, I don't think anything has to do with um, more uh, of, of players and their status. It's more of, you know, as the head coach and get a feel for who the younger players listen to and follow and, so that's pretty much a head coach decision. And it, it, it becomes pretty obvious, you know, when Malcolm Jenkins was here, obviously he was on the leadership committee. Rodney was on it. Jason, uh, Brandon, people like that. It, it becomes, it becomes pretty obvious. Um, there are certain guys that, that people gravitate towards and, you know, the quarterbacks 
likely going to be a part of that as well, obviously. Uh, uh, for this team, it truly is because he is certainly a leader, even though he's not a uh, as veteran as some of the other guys. Uh, um, they do not list it on the website as to who is on the leadership committee. Do you have a pretty good guess as to how deep that committee is right now and who would be on it? Yeah, I mean, I just mentioned a couple names. Um, uh, Jason would certainly be on it. Brandon would certainly be on it. You know, I think if you're looking for uh, out of the box, maybe Anthony Harris is a is a veteran guy that people like and listen to. Um, but but no, it's not any official. It's usually five or six guys, and it's it's very informal. You know, it, it's very you, informal. You mean they don't have uh, no, organized they don't have, meetings? No. There's lunches? No, there's no sash or anything. There's no membership card. And and these things tend to, um, you know, things go bad, for instance. You know, all of a sudden it becomes a bigger deal. And then you might see uh, a, a veteran player call a team meeting, you know, away from the coaches. And it becomes more of an important thing. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's I, – I wouldn't get caught up in it if, if is what I'm trying to say. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. But there are certain – Coaches try to stay out of the locker room. They they don't go in the locker room for the most part. Um, when we were allowed in the rock locker room, and hopefully, um, I I tell this story all the time. Hopefully, we'll be allowed back in at some point. Certain teams have already let reporters back in. Um, never saw a coach in the locker room, uh, with the exception of of Corey Unlin. And I said, oh, that's interesting. You know, why is Corey in the locker room? And every once in a while, you'd see him walking back to the players' lounge area. And I said, well, you know, and I looked into it because I said, that might be a story. You know, is, is Corey a liaison sort of to the locker room? No, he was just going to get a haircut every week. <laughs> that's it. So they that, tried. He's got his hair cut in the locker room, did yeah. Coach Unlin? Well, back in the players' lounge, uh, which is just off the locker. So you have to walk through the locker room to get to the players' lounge, um, and that team barber would be back there. But uh, so you know, big story idea <laughs> down the drain. But wait, you couldn't you couldn't spin a haircut into a story? Well, well what's wrong guess, with you? I guess you could have, but. Uh, I thought it was a bigger deal than it was because coaches generally don't go in the locker room. I mean, that's the player's sanctuary. And because of that, they want to have certain players and they want to keep, you know, things copacetic and there's certain players they trust. And that's where the leadership aspect comes into it. So pre, during, post game, coaches are in the locker and then that's it. Sunday, that's the only time they're ever in the locker room, Tuesday through Saturday. Either the players, if they got to talk to the coach, they got to go to his office or vice versa. Well, they have a crap load of meetings. I mean, first thing in the morning, you have positional meetings. You know, you're in the room with your positional coach. You have offensive meetings, defensive meetings, meetings with the head coach, special teams meetings, plenty of time. But, yeah, that's why I said it's the locker room is sort of their sanctuary to get away from all the coaches and all that kind of thing. So even, you know, because of the, um, 
you know, because of the nature of game day, obviously you have the head coach talking to the team and, you know, firing them up. You see the videos pregame, postgame. But even that, they tend to exit pretty quickly. It's not like they're spending a whole hot, lot of time around the players. They want, you know, they want them focused. They want them relaxed and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, the locker room is generally uh, off limits, and, and, and it should be. All right, let's stay behind the scenes. Um, this broke yesterday right at the tail end. Hey, at least we got it in. Better than the Eagles always making their announcements on player moves at 10.15 after we get off the air by about 15 minutes. Um, yesterday, you uh, mentioned that there were some uh, reports out there that the Eagles could actually be adding to their front office staff as compared to what's happened since the season ended with several subtractions from the Eagles front office staff that John Ferreira could be getting a position, a higher position with the Philadelphia Eagles has been part of the team since 2016. Uh, I recognize the name. I don't think I could recognize the face kind of like you and Mac McCain couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Mm. Um, but uh, give me what you know about John Farrar, if he is going to be getting a new appointment in the Eagles hierarchy. Um, he's, he's the Eagles compliance guy. Nick Sirianni brings him. That's probably where you heard his name, brings him up every once in a while. Um, uh, there's a lot of guys, Alec Hallaby, analytics, uh, John Ferrarius, um, compliance officer, already a vice president. So to me, it's about more of, I think he gets along with Howie, um, and, and they're going in that direction. We'll see what the title is and we'll see what the responsibility is. If my guess with John would, it would be more of a, uh, it's not going to be a personnel role. It's going to be more of an all-encompassing Catherine, Catherine um, excuse me, <clears throat> Catherine Race or Andrew Berry-like role, and and we'll see what the title is. But um, not much. I mean, if you're asking me how much I know about John Ferrari, I know the Eagles are are you know sort of ahead of the game. We talked about this with Brad Spielberger. Uh, earlier in the week, they tend to be ahead of the game, whether it's contracts and Jake Rosenberg or analytics and Alec Hallaby or compliance and John Ferrari. They tend to be ahead of the rest of the league when it comes to, as they would describe it, winning outside the margins. So, you know, Bill Belichick would probably be the, the best example of somebody who's got a, and I'm going to date myself, but you'll get this reference, Jody, a, a Billy Martin-like, you know, expertise in the rule book that other people just don't think about. Um, and they have to close loopholes. We talked about closing loopholes with contracts with Brad. Um, I always go back to that famous uh, New England-Baltimore game where John Harbaugh was going nuts on the sidelines because – uh, Belichick was lining his tight up tight end in line like he was a guard or something in the guard and tackle were outside and he was like this can't be legal oh it was legal at the time <laughs> and Patriots got a whole bunch of first downs and Harbaugh was losing his mind and not knowing what was going on and the league had to close the loophole the next offseason um, there you know rarely do you see something to that degree 
um, and it usually comes from the Patriots, but the Eagles tend to be ahead of, of, of the rules. It might be roster rules. It might be, um, um, you know, yesterday the news broke that the practice squad is going to remain at 16 players. So that's uh, a rule they liked uh, coming from COVID. So they're going to keep that. Um, they tend to be ahead of the game when it comes to all these arcane little things. And that's sort of John Ferrari's job. You got your advantages wherever you can get your advantages. And if Ferrari has been a guy who's been uh, assisting along those things and the Eagles have benefited, benefited from it, then good for him if he's going to get a, a promotion out of the deal. Uh, how about Brandon Hunt? We've been talking about him, it seems like, for close to a month. Uh, Steeler exec was in the mix for the general manager's job. And little did we know the assistant general manager's job in Pittsburgh. Didn't even know that job was going to exist. But now Andy Weidel has it. Uh, Hunt has been in the conversation in Pittsburgh. Didn't get either two gigs. Now he's falling in line behind two new guys who, when you get a job with Pittsburgh, you can basically chalk up a decade because they really do uh, uh, fall in line with uh, continuity and and give their guys uh, long chances to prove themselves. So him moving on would be something that would only make a lot of sense. I know we talked to a couple other organizations during this offseason. You told us a couple times on the show over the last month uh, that the Eagles, when they come out with their quote-unquote new staff, any changes, they like to do it in one fell swoop with one big announcement. But you got to get the guy, if he's coming in from outside the organization, you got to get him hired to begin with. When are we going to hear something, yay or nay, on Brandon Hunt? Um, I, I think it's going to happen relatively uh, soon. And I think there's a better chance um, than maybe, maybe people don't understand from the perspective that, as you mentioned, the Steelers are known for their continuity. So it wasn't a surprise to me when they picked Omar Khan to be the GM um, who's basically, he's already been there for 20 years, a little bit over 20 years in Pittsburgh. Um, now he's what, what we didn't know was going to happen is they were going to sort of split the job uh, because he's more of a um, business guy, contract guy started out as their football administration guy. And then he was vice president of, of, of football and business administration uh, before he got the promotion to GM. So they're kind of they're kind of splitting the job almost between um, that business end and and the scouting staff, and and that's where Andy Waddle fits in, leading the scouting staff. But this is Pittsburgh, as you mentioned, and people looked at Andy Waddle and said, "Well, he's a Pittsburgh guy." His first job was with Pittsburgh, but he's not been in the building for uh, Brandon Hunt was in the building. And, and that was the issue. You know, if you've been in the building with this team known for continuity and they pass you over for somebody outside the building, that's going to make you more apt to leave. So I think it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's likely, but I think the Eagles have a good chance and that's who they've targeted because the other guy was Morocco Brown and for whatever reason, um, that went off the rails. So I would be surprised at this point if Brandon Hunt wasn't here in a in a high-profile role. We'll see when or well, first is if 
But if uh, John and I are right that it's uh, pretty damn close to a foregone conclusion, then it becomes when an announcement like that uh, could be happening. All right, I've got an announcement for all our loyal streamers here on Birds 365. We're going to make it a threesome next. Our buddy Game Day Cracks. You don't want to say that, Jody. There's some dirty-minded people out there. Uh, What do you mean? Like on the stream that we get these advertisements daily? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for, for, for for other potential viewing that our streamers may yeah. or may not enjoy yeah. i people, don't do you people, even, do you even go, understand that stuff that when it, when it pops up on the stream people I, go down a dark path i stayed i try to stay away i'm, I'm in the private chat jody I'm, okay. I'm trying to focus all right god bless you i get distracted easily we will be distracted by ed game day kratz next here on birds 365 Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. You got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 
365, McMullen and McDonald, and we are joined by a third, who I thought about earlier today. I was watching the NFL Network uh, prior to hopping on here on Verge 365, and I got off on a tangent about the biggest necked players in the NFL. And the first one came to mind for me was LeVar Arrington. You remember LeVar? Oh, yeah. Mack, yeah. I'm going to go had, to KO Spikes, though. Spikes That's had a guy. big neck. I went to Ed Kratz. I'm going big yeah. neck. That's on our show on Birds 365. Yeah. I'll put Ed Kratz with anybody else. We that's have that. Up. That's that wrestling training. He's doing those 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 neck exercises. What do you call those, Ed? I can't think of it. Uh, well, you do your bridges. Your, you yeah, know, your, your back bridges, bridge, your yeah, front bridge. What, but yeah. You should have seen me with a football helmet on. It looked like I just had a helmet balancing on my shoulders. Um, there was no neck. <laughs> In fact, one of my coaches called me no neck. <laughs> That's because uh, no neck means big neck. Yeah. Uh, depends no, on what, I do, I what kind of it. picture you're taking. That's yeah. a good thing when you're wrestling or or playing football. So that's a positive for yeah. Ed Kratz. I, I guess. Hi, Kratz, when you played, what position did you play? I played D-end. D-end and center. Were you an you overhang were, player? You were quick off the snap? I was an overhang. I uh yeah I was uh I I thought I was <laughs> you know back in my day we ran a lot of option plays so my job was always to hit the quarterback uh, and let the linebacker flow to get to the uh, running back but never to stray from the quarterback and even if he pitched a ball take him down and I love doing that I love hitting quarterbacks and yeah still one discipline of my plays in the game that's what you got to be disciplined you can't be yeah. freelancing that crash well, I freelance one game and got put right onto the bench crash. <laughs> <laughs> It pitched. I tried. I thought I was going to intercept the pitch. I saw it coming, and the quarterback faked and kept it and turned it upside inside for a big gain. And Yikes. you know, I was on the bench for you know a quarter yeah. or so. Those quarterbacks are sneaky, man. That's why you got to be disciplined. Yeah, yeah he, he got me. He got me. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of those sneaky quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts. We talk about him all the time here. God bless uh, Jalen. He's had a little break because Eagles made so many moves over the last uh, since the draft and up to today uh, that he's come somewhat out of the limelight. Uh, his ability to run the football, and I know we're talking about a different level NFL than the level that you start at, Ed Kratz, as your <laughs> defensive end uh, position allowed. Yeah. How much running is he going to do this year? We all assume the Eagles are going to try and pass them all more. That's why they went out and got A.J. Brown. That's what the owner believes is the best way to win in the National Football League. But he is a weapon with his legs. Jalen Hurts is running, comes back to the pack this year. How much more, Ed Kratz? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I think it'll come back to the pack. What did he have last year, like 760? He's the Eagles' leading rusher. Yeah, yeah. he was, but... I just don't think it's sustainable. I mean, and we even saw him get hurt, you know, with the ankle injury that uh, he suffered against. I think it was the Giants, and then he missed the following following week game against the Jets, and then it really hampered him throughout the rest of the year, and he had surgery on it in the offseason. So, you know, when you have a quarterback like Hurts or any quarterback that likes to run, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore, you know, another one, he got hurt this year. You have to be real careful uh, when you take off in this league. And, you know, that's not a, a way to sustain success if your quarterback's running the ball as much as Jalen did. Now, listen, he can still be a threat in the run game. You know, he gives you that extra dimension to use his legs. But I would try to keep the collar on him as much as I could as far as taking off. And, you know, when he leaves the pocket, make sure he's keeping his eyes downfield. I, I just don't see him running for, you know, if you set a number, I would probably put it at 600 yards, uh, you know, the over-under, maybe, you know, six and a quarter. And 
I'd be surprised if he even hit that. So if he's running the ball, it's not a good thing. Uh, for <clears throat> yeah. I think it's the plan to scale back and we'll see if they can stick to the plan. But you know, one thing I, I've talked with you, I haven't mentioned it too much on the air, Ed, but I know I've talked to you about it. Jalen looks thinner to me. Um, we saw, um, you know, pictured, we got to interview him the once. We saw a bunch of pictures from the Eagles autism thing. Maybe it's me. I keep getting bigger. I got to get smaller. But uh, uh, I don't know. I don't what, have what as do big a neck as Kratz McMahon. Yeah. Sorry. Not what, 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 do you, what do you think? I, I think he looks skinnier. And, and that to me is, is about, you know, he talked about changing his offseason work. And not only was that working with, with Tom House and Adam Daydu and, and fundamentals and all that stuff. But also he mentioned the nutrition part of it. Um, I don't know. Does he look skinnier to you? Yeah, I think, I think we both commented on that when we saw him uh, back, I think it was May 4th when he talked to us. Uh, and I think we both kind of noticed that he looked a little bit thinner. Um, and then we've seen the photos that came out of the Eagles autism challenge. And yeah, he does look a little bit thinner. Um, you know, what did he play at last year? About 220, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I would say somewhere in that range, yeah. yeah. It's not like he's skinny, but he does look thinner, maybe in better shape, maybe better conditioning. Um, it'll be interesting once we finally see a practice, which I think is going to happen uh, next week, how he looks in pads. And if he does look like he's filling them out a little bit more, and then hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him and ask him. But, yeah, it looks like he – he has uh, either gotten a few pounds lighter or he's just rearranged his body structure a little bit in the way he worked out and prepared during the off season and the, with the nutrition stuff, like you mentioned, but uh, yeah, he does look like he, he took a few pounds off, no doubt. All right. Along those lines of Jalen look a little skinnier. Uh, there's another big comparison to be made between the two quarterbacks I'm going to mention, but there are also differences. My first year here in Philadelphia uh, doing shows on WIP and talking about the Eagles on basically a daily basis was 1990, which, of course, was Buddy Ryan's last year. And the quarterback was Randall Cunningham. Randall, like Jalen Hurts, could make plays with his legs that nobody else in the league could make. Uh, now you got Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, who were, I think, above and beyond everybody else in the league. It's a, a one-two punch. Back then, it was Randall, uh, more so than anybody else. I guess you could put Steve Young in that mix, uh, but I wouldn't. He was, uh, until Michael Vick came along, there was no one else like Randall Cunningham. Could Jalen Hurts become Randall Cunningham, too? Well, you hope, you kind of hope not, because Randall really suffered some injuries there. And then, you know, that knee injury that he suffered in Green Bay, um, I think that really robbed him of some speed and Randall still wanted to play like he was, you know, the running threat that he had been and it just wasn't playing for him and he struggled. And I think it wasn't until he went to Minnesota that he kind of realized I can't be the same guy that I was. And he changed his game a little bit and had kind of an MVP type season uh, with the Vikings. And, you know, like I mentioned with Hertz with, when you hurt your ankle like that and, and you know, these injuries start to pile up, I mean, you, you can't be the same quarterback. Look at Carson Wentz. I mean, he's, he wanted to be a mobile quarterback. He wanted, they wanted him to pick up at least one first down with his legs every game. That's what Frank Reich said with Carson Wentz because of his mobility. But then once those injuries started to come into play, he just couldn't do that. All that, all those traits were taken from him, I think. And 
he hasn't adjusted. He's been stubborn in kind of his evolution to becoming more of a pocket guy, more of a, you know, keep the play alive and get rid of the ball type guy. Uh, he, he's been stubborn to change into that type of player. And I think that's one thing that has kind of held him back. So when you talk about Hertz, you know, the Eagles have to impress upon him that, hey, you know, we saw the ankle injury. It really impacted you the last month of the season. We don't want you, you know, freelancing as much with the football. We want you to get rid of the ball and live to fight another play. Um, so I hope he doesn't take the same path as Cunningham. I, I've always been of the impression that, yeah, quarterbacks can hurt you with their feet, but you have to really make sure you're monitoring that and you're not doing it as frequently as Jalen did. I mean, sooner or later, that kind of play is going to catch up with you and you're going to get injured. Yeah, and it was ironic he got injured in the pocket, uh, not outside the pocket when he did get hurt uh, against the Giants. So you never know when it's going to happen. But the more you get hit, the more opportunities there right. are to get hurt. So, I, sure. you know, if you want to keep it in-house, I would think Donovan is the template more than Randall Cunningham. So I would throw that to both of you guys because Donovan was mobile but recognized – pretty early in his career. Some people will argue to his detriment. I don't want to be thought of as a running quarterback. I want to uh, be a, more of a passing quarterback. And he turned into a really, really good one, despite the fact that he never got over the hump. And some people will always hold that against him. I think he's the best quarterback in franchise history, at least in the modern, the Super Bowl era. Isn't Shouldn't Donovan be the template more than Randall Cunningham, who was just this weird, freakish athlete, lanky. Um, Jalen doesn't have that size. He doesn't have that that sort of trait skill set. But Donovan, they're both stocky, although Jalen has started to lose some weight. Donovan did that in his career as well. Isn't that sort of the template of where you want to go? Because Jalen Hurts turns into Donovan McNabb. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, it's interesting you bring up the best quarterback in Eagles history. I mean, that's, that's a good debate uh, for another time maybe. But, uh, yeah, I think fans, if I remember right, got on Donovan for not running yeah. enough. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, they, they wanted him to run more, but McNabb resisted. He wanted to be a pocket-type quarterback, and uh, he made some great plays from inside the pocket. Some of the greatest highlights of Donovan are escaping pressure and throwing the ball downfield. I guess it was on that Monday night game against the Cowboys where he, you know, he ran right, ran left, ducked under guys and threw a deep ball to, I, I can't even remember who. It couldn't have been anybody good because he didn't have too many good receivers when he played <laughs> except Terrell Owens. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good comparison. I mean, if you can be a McNabb type, but I think Jalen does like to use his legs. I mean, he's a guy that used his legs more than Donovan did at Syracuse. Um and I think that will always be some part of Jalen's game. You just don't want it to be the main part of his game, right? You want him to just run the ball when he sees an opportunity. You don't want to be calling these, you know, these uh, read option plays where he sweeps left too often during a game. And uh, But Donovan was a guy that liked to stay home and try to make his plays from inside the pocket, and he did a good job at that. I, you know, I don't know if Hertz will ever have that same mindset that he doesn't want to run because I think it will always be a part of his game. Um but, yeah, if he could be McNabb, that'd be great. McNabb was one of the best. I'm not going to say he was the best, but I think he was one of the best quarterbacks in Eagles history. Yeah. Um, I'll stick by my comparison of Hurts <laughs> to Cunningham more than Hurts to McNabb. Because you're right, McNabb could run, but McNabb didn't want to run. Right. I think McNabb did it purely out of 
all right, we're screwed. I need to take off. I think he was always looking for a way to stay in the pocket longer. Oh, no, Randall wanted to take off. And last year in his first year as a starting quarterback, it looked like to me that the quarterback wanted to take off, that that was his more than just default mode, that that was his borderline preferred mode. That's why I, I compare those two. I know what you're saying about McNabb, uh, Johnny Mac, but I, I think more of Randall than I do McNabb. And oh, by the way, last year, uh, he rushed for more yards in his first season as Eagles starting quarterback than McNabb ever did. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how it shakes out this year. Uh, AJ Brown's addition to the Eagles certainly should be the main reason why Jalen Hurts throws the, uh, the ball more this year than he did last year. Is there any worry that he will try and force, force the ball to AJ, uh, Brown this year, because, uh, they've got a good relationship. He's established himself in the NFL. We believe Devontae Smith will, but had a bigger year has had bigger years than Devontae Smith ever has. Um, any worries for you, Ed Kratz, that this new combo of Hertz to Jones is something that uh, might be overdone by the Eagles this year? Well, I hope not. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, Brown will make his share of plays, but you, you have some other playmakers. You know, everybody talks about Brown and Smith and, you know, Dallas Goddard's sitting there too, and he needs his share of targets. So you don't want to get too locked in on one guy. Now, you know, it was interesting last year when you saw the Eagles – target Devonte smith like four straight plays in some games you know where they just threw him the ball four straight times i mean they like to get guys going get them started and maybe you could see them doing that with aj brown get him involved early but you can't become locked in on one guy you have to take what the offense is designed to give you and what the defense gives you and jaywin i'm sure he's smart enough to know that aj brown's not the only weapon here you know i got Devonte that's going to need the ball i got Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell out of the backfield. You have Dallas Goddard. You have Quez Watkins, who, you know, was targeted 60-some times last year, third highest number of targets on the team. I mean, you have other weapons in play, and it's only going to make you a better team if you learn how to use all these weapons in a game. You just can't lock in on A.J. Brown. You hope that that doesn't happen. They are good friends. You want to keep A.J. Brown happy. He's the guy making $100 million, but – you know, as a play caller in Nick Sirianni, you have to make sure you're getting other guys involved and you have to make sure Jalen knows that he has to get other guys involved. Um, let's talk about, Ed, the expectations of this team, because I think all of a sudden we've turned a corner to where uh, they've exploded. We got Peter King calling them a top 10 team, uh, fourth best in the NFC. Um the good people at Bet Online sent me the MVP odds yesterday. Jalen Hurts was 66 to 1 on March 14th to be the MVP of this league. Uh, yesterday, he's 18 to 1. <laughs> 18 to 1. Here are the players ahead of him, by the way Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. And then it's Jalen Hurts. I, 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 are people skipping steps here? What the heck is going on here? Are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers is 14 to 1. How many times has the guy done it? He's back-to-back MVP. What, what is going on, yeah. Ed Kratz? <laughs> Listen, I, you know, Jody could probably speak to the Vegas odds better than I could. Um, but I, just, I, think, I think it's a testament to what the Eagles have – Put around Hertz, AJ Brown included. Um, it, it's not just all 
the quarterback. Now, in Aaron Rodgers' case, who who does he have after losing two top receivers? I'm going to bet on that. If I, if I want to win the bet, now, obviously, people are looking for value, and Jody can talk to this, and there's more value. But at 66 to 1, yeah, all right. I'll go, hey, you never know. At sixteen to one, well, I'm just losing money at that point. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to go that route. If I just want to win the bet, I'm going to bet on Aaron Stinking Rogers. I mean, uh, you know, but yeah. you're not going to win much money. But I, I, I don't get these overblown expectations. I guess. What, the bigger John, what, what's the number on Rogers that you have? Fourteen to one. That's not a bad number. Yeah, no, that's I, a great number. That? Ed's right. Uh, the the difference in in the the movement in the numbers is because the Eagles have done a good job in adding, while the Packers have done a good job in subtracting talent and weapons around Rodgers. So that's why those two numbers are that close. Yeah, you're right, John. One's Aaron Rodgers, and the other one's Jalen Hurts. Come on. Uh, they, they've had a little bit of a difference in what their resume looks like. Rodgers is your two times defending MVP champion. How can those numbers be that close? Yes, you do look for value when you make wagers, but I don't see, I think there is value in Aaron Rodgers, even down Devontae Adams at 14 to one. Yeah. And by the way, the Super Bowl quarterback, Matthew Stafford, behind Jalen Hurts at 20 to one. Yeah, that's that, doesn't, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, no, it, it doesn't make any sense. I know we we speak to the Eagle fans here every day on Birds 365. Guys, feel free to root. Don't feel free to bet. Uh, if you want to, you want to back your Eagles. That's cool. I, I would not put my hard earned money on that if I were you. Yeah. In, in a football sense, though, guys, that's you know these expectations do creep into the building, and more than those odds, even. Because Peter, you know, carries some weight, for instance. And I'm sitting there and going, all right, his top eight, you know, what's the difference? It's all, I just kind of mentioned, it's it's all those quarterbacks that are ahead of Jalen Hurts. The Joe Burrows, the Justin Herberts of the world, the, on the NFC, the Rodgers, the Bradys. Um, um, which, which, oh, by the way, Justin Herbert, I believe, is behind the Eagles. The Chargers behind the yeah. Eagles on Peter King's ranking. Yeah, um, which is crazy talk um a lot of people think the chargers are going to make a run i'm one of but the afc is tougher so you can you can factor that in i'm just wondering how the team handles it because all of a sudden they've gone from and really it's it's from day one of the draft ed you know before that everyone was like oh, what are they doing they haven't added this they need this they need that they need that and ever since the draft and how he pulled off Jordan Davis and A.J. Brown. He was able to get James Bradbury. These are all tremendous, tremendous moves, by the way. I'm not saying don't be excited about it. But all of a sudden, we've gone from, as I like to say, we're not ready. All those people, you heard it. We can't do this. We can't go get this because we're not ready to win right now. Now it's the opposite. And I, I think people are skipping steps. I use that term all all the time. Do you think some people are skipping steps and that could affect the team? You, you mean people like Peter King skipping steps, having them ninth? Well, just the hype. So, yeah. you know, I mean, players are not immune. Coaches are not immune to the hype. But I right. do think Peter's a little bit more credible than most. Yeah. Well, listen, when you look at it, 
you know, you look at some of the players on the team, guys like Hertz and Dickerson and, uh, you know, now the Georgia guys, there, there's hype around programs they came from in college as soon as they set foot on campus, you know, so they're, they're kind of used to playing with expectations. Now, not everybody on the team, obviously, but, um, you know, there's enough veterans still on this team, I think, and you're, you know, you're Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, guys who know that, you know, you don't win a Super Bowl in August. You know, you have to build every day toward that. You, you know, you have to stay within yourself and you have to just keep growing each day and build that chemistry each day. And, you know, I think there's enough veterans in here that, yeah, they understand what it takes and they can kind of let these other guys know that we have to get better every single day. We can't look ahead to October or November. You know, we have to stay focused. It's May. We have OTAs coming up. Then we have to do the right thing in that six or seven weeks between the end of OTAs and training camp. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily skipping steps. I think that, yeah, I mean, this could be a top 10 team uh, in a lot of people's eyes, it, but again, it's going to depend on Hertz and it's going to be de- dependent on the mindset that they approach each day with. And like I said, I mean, Kelsey and, Johnson and Graham, these are valuable veterans in that locker room who know what it takes. And you have the guys from Bama, you have the guys from Georgia um, that have had expectations the minute they set foot on campus. And and this is no different. Yeah, it's at a higher level on a bigger stage, but it's still the same expectation to win, to win it all. And uh, I don't think that's harmful at all for this team. I think they should be able to handle it, to be honest. Eddie, let me follow up on John's expectations questions but with a specific narrow focus. I know you guys got a chance to talk to Jonathan Gannon this week. Uh, And last year, first year, Jonathan Gannon came under the microscope, came under the critique of Eagle Nation uh, because the defense played the way that it did. The results were not near as bad as the way some people would describe the Eagle defense last year, but they weren't the prototypic defense that Eagle fans have been rooting for for decades here in town, not overly aggressive. They don't do kill the quarterback, but effective just the same. The expectations are that much higher on the Eagles defense this year because of their offseason additions. I like Gannon. He seems like a cool cucumber. I like the way he handles himself in press uh, briefings. Uh, and <clears throat> he did get to interviews this offseason for head coaching positions. How much pressure is on Jonathan Gannon? as the defensive coordinator of this year's team? A lot. I mean, everybody talks about Jalen Hurts not having any excuses because the pieces are in place. It's the same with Jonathan Gannon. I mean, Howie Roseman delivered these weapons to his front door, including Hassan Reddick, who calls himself a weapon. And then, you you know, you load this linebacker room, probably the deepest, most flexible group of linebackers that I've seen since I've began covering the team in 2011 full time. I mean, it's just a great group, you know, potentially great group of linebackers. So uh, yeah, I think there is a lot more pressure on Gam, but I think that's okay. I mean, I think he knows what this defense can be. Uh, He has a better feel for it and he has a better feel for calling games. I mean, last year's defense was ranked 10th overall. Okay. That's not bad. You take a top 10 defense, but there were too many games where they were just out of it early. They came out and just didn't execute from the start, you know, you, you, you look at the Chiefs game, you, you know, you look at the Raiders game, you, you know, the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas the first time around. I mean, their defense came out and stunk early. Then they made a few adjustments most of the time. But you have to come out as a defense now and set the tone early. And, you know, he's got the pieces in place to do that. 
Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what he does with this defense. I mean, you know, you look at that defensive line, and if you play a five-man front, you've got Jordan Davis in the middle with Cox and Hargrave flanking him, and then who who do you have as your overhang players? That's uh, yeah, the overhang the baby, overhang players. Those guys on the outside. You got Reddick. You have Josh Sweat. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham, uh, Barnett, Derek Barnett. If you want to go there, you have Kaiser White who can play there. You might put Nakobe Dean out there to use some of his speed. I mean, you you've got so many options and so much flexibility that uh, Gannon has to be able to take advantage of that. And there is pressure on him to do that. But he's a bright guy. He knows what he's doing. I think he'll do that. And, and I think he'll put these guys in the best possible position to make plays, like Andy Reid used to say. You know. Are the Eagles renting, JG? Happy <laughs> Tuesday to you, Ed. Are they renting, JG? Wait a minute. It's Thursday. It's happy Thursday. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Jonathan always says that when he comes out. But, yeah, Howie Roseman thinks so. He said that we're only renting him, and could be the case. I mean, uh, you know, this is – you're probably going to lose him at some point. But then you're going to have to find a guy, maybe a Denard Wilson, if he's still here, or somebody that can come in and execute the similar type of, uh, defense that Gannon's going to put into place here. Again, the pieces are here now. And whoever the coach is, they have to be able to take advantage of these pieces. And you have to come out as soon as the game begins and play like it's the fourth quarter. You have to play with a sense of urgency. And that's something we didn't see this defense always do last year. It looked confused at times. It didn't look coordinated at times. And that's the coordinator's job. And he has to be able to do that from the minute that game begins because they can't afford to fall behind and play catch up as often as they did last year and expect to win more than the nine games they did in 2021. All right, I'll ask you to look into your Gannon crystal ball here a little bit, Ed. Assuming health, which we do with every offseason question that we have, that a player is going to be healthy, a team's going to be healthy, and then you deal with the reality thereof. Uh, nobody is all healthy at all times, but an individual player surely can uh, be healthy throughout a season. Percentage of snap. Jordan Davis plays this year for the Eagles at the DT position. Fletcher Cox played 49% of his, of the snaps as a rookie, you know, and he was picked around that same neighborhood as Jordan Davis. I think if you can get 50 snaps a game out of Jordan Davis, that'd be a good thing. Um, I don't, I'd be surprised if it's any more, but uh, you know, there were two different defensive coordinators when Cox came to the, came to town and I know they really like Davis and they like him all along that defensive line, you know, in the middle at the tackle spots. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how many snaps he gets, but I think 50, 50% of the snaps would be a good benchmark for him. If they can play him, you know, half the snaps in a the game, then you're getting your money's worth out of your first round pick. And then you hope as the future, you know, begins to unfold that he, that number goes up. Right. All right, let's go to the front office, Ed Kratz, and Andy Weidel, the latest to leave for the Pittsburgh Steelers assistant GM there. Jody and I were talking about it a little bit, so we have uh, five pretty high-profile, um, you know, the top three scouts, essentially, Tom Donahoe, who is really important to this organization, has been in the past, and you lose Kat Raish as well. Um 
you know, you look at each case individually and it makes some sense, but you look at it, you step back and you say, what the heck is going on here? You never see this kind of attrition in a front office unless the GM gets fired and the GM hasn't been fired. The GM is there. The GM is entrenched. Is that the reason we're seeing so much movement because of just how entrenched Howie Roseman is with Jeffrey Lurie? Yeah, probably. I think, you know, you, you did a great job breaking down what's going on inside that front office in an article you wrote. Um, you know, I, this to me, I'm not a big front office guy. You know, I'm not a big personnel who's running the show type guy. I mean, I, I prefer to focus on what's going on on the field. But these guys are no doubt invaluable. And the frustrating thing is, is when you look at the last two drafts that the Eagles have had, I mean, I think they've been pretty good. Um, as yeah, far as bringing in, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Roseman, it's not Roseman who identifies all that talent, it's the people that work under him, you know, your Andy Weidels and your, you know, your scouting staff. And that has to be strong to continue to have good off seasons. And, um, they kind of work in the shadows, right? Roseman gets all the credit for everything that goes right and all the blame for things that go wrong, but there is that support staff. And when you lose, what is it, five? five or six key executives in the last, you know, six months. I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty significant. And, you know, you wrote in your story that maybe some whispers have begun to resurface about Howie Roseman kind of, um, you know, not getting along maybe with, uh, you know, some of the people under him or rubbing some people the wrong way. Maybe that's true. Um, remember how he went to the GM school when Chip Kelly took yeah. over for that yeah. year and he came out of it a new man and yeah. was able to build relationships. Now, does he need to go back and learn those things again? I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, need a refresher course. Refresher course. Is that yeah. where we're going? Yeah. He might need a refresher course. I don't know, but it, it is a concern that you lose that much talent from your front office, even though people are like, Hey, we got to Howie uh, hire more Howie type guys. And, you know, successful organizations. And let's face it, the Eagles have been that uh, several playoff trips in the last few years. So, you know, but there's more to it. It feels like than just that. Um, and now you have to wonder who's going to replace these guys and are they going to be able to maintain this, this level of success of having pretty strong drafts like they've had the last, last couple of seasons, 2018, they had a good draft. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, they've had good off seasons and part of that is, because of the support staff that is now gone. So, you know, something to watch. And, you know, if you haven't read John's story, Jody, whoever, I mean, it does a good job of breaking all that down. Exactly. All right. Uh, last one for me, Eddie. And the question is for you, but I know John McMullen's going to chime in because uh, he brags about the fact that he either wins or comes close to correctly projecting the Eagles 53 man. I didn't brag about it. You bragged about it. Oh, you absolutely have bragged about it. Come on. You runner up two years running or three years running. Oh, Uh, roster. Yeah. Uh, Well, I think Bo's cheating. I'm really, I'm I'm on that. He, he actually wins, but Bo cheats. Well, Uh, I was very credible. Don't put out fake roster news. When I won. Right before the season starts. And that's how McMullen loses. Look, when I won, when I was the champion, I was very credible. I did things above board. There have been some some questionable decisions in the scorekeeping. That's all I'll say. Okay. Now, Bo right. won. I'm joking. But uh, I have been runner-up. I won once. I've been runner-up, I think, twice. But it's not as impressive as it sounds because 
a bunch of the new people. They never jump into the stinking pool, so ends up being. Yeah. I think know. I've been runner up the time. Or yeah, two, you were so. runner up. The yeah, I, I've been in that runner up category. Right, so, but it's, so it's three guys who went to the contest. Yeah. Ooh, I no. was runner up. No, it's out, about out of three. It's about no, it's about it's about it's about fifteen. <laughs> okay. uh, but it should be about what thirty uh, for how many people cover the stinking team. So we'll try no. and get we'll try and get attendance up this year. All right, here's the question I have. Yes. Um, Wide receiver position, Ed, I'm not even going to – we don't have that much time left here to do the entire 53. One particular position, that'd be wide receiver. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. I'll even put Zach Pascal, the teacher's pet, in there as a given. So you got four <laughs> givens at wide receiver. He's blocked every day, this guy. Teacher's pet. <laughs> the truth is what the truth the is, truth right? Is. What can I tell you? Uh, you got Rager, you got Ward, uh, even though people have been trying to run Rager out of town. Because of that, I won't put him in the given category. Uh, <laughs> Devon Allen, John Hightower is still here. Does anybody ever see John Hightower? Do you guys ever actually see him? I haven't seen He's him. He's on the Eagles uh, roster, but I, I, I know he was here at one point as a member. I've seen him catch passes, but I think it's just a rumor here. I, I don't think they've officially erased his name from the roster, so that's mm -hmm. why he's still there. I don't know if he's actually still showing up, but he is. Uh, the new guys, uh, Josh Hammond and uh, Weepfall. How many wide receivers are going to make the Eagles 63? How many on the practice squad? How many like John Hightower will be nowhere to be found? Hmm. Well, I think you're going to see six wide receivers make this team. Six? Yeah. I think six will make the 53. Um, yeah. That's you, you a good yeah, that's – yeah. And, you know, they'll, they'll probably go a little light at running back. But I think six. I mean, they, they've got 12 guys to pick from. I mean, you got to find, you know, you got to at least half have to be able to contribute and they need a guy that can return kicks. And, you know, I know Rager's done it not real well. I mean, but now you have Britton Covey. You didn't mention him. He's a guy that oh, has oh, I a, forgot Covey, my bad. Yeah. He's got a live shot to make this team, I think, as does Devin Allen, but I'm not sure Devin Allen's, you know, fully committed to football at this point. I think he still has, yeah, you know, that's one crazy. and a half feet in the track world. And so I'm not yeah. sure you know, what his commitment level is going to be, if it's going to be enough. So, but Britton Covey certainly could. All right, so you're at six. Give me the six, Kratz. All right, well, you're four, and I'm not going to call Pascal the, the teacher's pet because I think he's going to help this team. I really nah, do. Ed just doesn't want to get blocked. Come on. <laughs> I, I don't care about, I don't care about being blocked. So no, I don't, I don't either. I, teacher's I pet's really against All right, he's number four. Who okay. are the other two? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Rager. And, I, and I'm going to go with Covey. Okay. All right. Britain, Covey. Who you got? Like uh, since Gratz is throwing down the roster challenge. Uh, well, you got. Are you at six or are you at the same six? I'm trying to get Greg Ward on the team. I don't know if I can get Greg Ward on the team. It yeah. depends if they could move Jalen Rager. Uh, the sixth one, I like I like Ed's prediction because they need a returner. So I think, you know, Britton Covey or, or Devin Allen. But Devin Allen doesn't seem to be. Um, as Ed said, all in just yet. Um, I'm trying to think of the back end off the top of my head. Anybody else have a chance? Josh uh, Hammond, maybe. Maybe Josh Hammond can. Yeah, uh, I don't I mean, He's I don't got know. a little bit of a. Remember, experience. they have a 16 man practice squad. They made yeah. that official. So they're keeping the, the pandemic. So a bunch of these guys will be on the practice squad and they can interchange them. 
Is um, the practice squad going to be made up completely of receivers and cornerbacks? It could be. They, they've got about uh, twenty six guys between those two positions. It could be right now it on the could night. Be. It, it 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 very well could be. Yeah. Um, I want to do something different than Ed, but no, I'm not. If Rager's okay. here, Rager's going to be on the team, and yeah. I do think they need a a returner. And Kobe is the best one they have on on this ninety man off season roster. Greg that's Ward what, loses out to the teacher's pet. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what that's the qualifier. Some, some things are just an injustice in life. What can you do? <laughs> we haven't seen Kobe play a single snap, and we're no. putting him on the rock. I mean, we don't know. Oh, no, we saw I mean, let's throw that qualifier look. out there, man. It's like middle of May. We haven't seen a snap from Brittany yeah. Kobe or that, well, that's, any of these that's, guys. that's what it's about. It's about projection. Yeah. He was right. a great returner in college. He looked really quick in rookie camp for the 10 minutes we saw him. Um, so, Hey, yeah, let's, let's jump down that rabbit hole. Britton Kobe. I'm I'm with you. That's why I asked the question. Uh, big neck Kratz will be back with us soon enough, probably next week. If not the week after you got any vacay before they actually get this underway, Mr. Kratz. Uh, and before training camp, yeah, I've got two, two weeks of uh, vacation lined up prior to training camp starting. Where are you and gotta, your big gotta neck gotta and your white coat? Got to recharge the batteries. Well, we're heading to Niagara Falls for a few days. Um, and then we're going to go to uh, Ocean City, New Jersey, where we go every summer um, for a week with the family. My sister's big gang of us, about 20 of us. Uh, you know, we rent a couple places all close by and uh, spend the week together. And by the end of the week, we're all at each other's throats and we're ready to move on. Very but, nice. Uh, yeah. Right. But yeah, I got two weeks lined up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for that. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you from down at the shore. We want you to take the computer out, uh, sit it on your lap with the ocean behind that's a, you. Yeah, that's a we're, we're going to get Weinberg on. He might be doing that. Yeah. From Cape May. So. Hey, he'll be out on a paddleboard in the middle of the bay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he might be. He might Ed, be. Ed, feel free to paddle away the rest of your day. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kratz. Big Nick Kratz here with us on. And I got to say, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Read read the great Ed Kratz. I think the people know where to find Ed Kratz. You you do a good job of making sure where people know. His picture's right next to John McMullen. Bigger neck than McMullen, though. Yeah. Jody McDonald and John McMullen, your Birds 365 guys here. John just did mention Dave Weinberg. We haven't had in a while. Uh, one of our Jersey Shore Eagle correspondents will join us a little bit later. Come back. I do want a couple more questions. I know McMone's going to be ticked because I'm going to call him the teacher's pet again uh, about Zach Pascal's spot in the Eagles universe this year. Uh, the wide receiver is going to be a very interesting position for the Philadelphia Eagles. I got some follow-up questions for John McMullen next here on Birds 365. of life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got that, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Your Mac and Mac 365 guys here. Um, Dave Weinberg uh, from 97.3 ESPN down ashore. Going to hop aboard with us coming up in less than 20 minutes from now. Um, John, I do want to ask you a couple more wide receiver questions because as of right now, the Eagles do have a lot of wide receivers on their roster and they're not going to be able to keep them all. How many are going to go to the practice squad? Who is or isn't going to be here? Jalen Rager kind of sticks out like a sore thumb because he doesn't have a role now on this team. We're only two years removed from him being a first round draft pick. His contribution to the team in his first two years has been underwhelming, underachieving, use whatever you descriptive adjective you want to attach to it. Um, But the addition of AJ Brown really does push him further down the depth chart and further down the options uh, for the Eagles offense. A lot of people thought that the Eagles may attempt to trade him during this offseason. I'm sure they did, but weren't able to do a deal. What does Rager's life look like as soon as they show up for camp? How is he going to be used? Will he continue to be shopped? Do the coach and general manager continue to look at what he does or doesn't bring to the table, either on the field or in trade? What's camp going to be like for Jalen Rager? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be fun for him because he's going to be behind, obviously, clearly, uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Paschal. So as a former first-round pick, I think that's going to be something probably a little bit difficult um, to handle. But he does have 
a a path to the roster until they can get him off the roster. And I think they will be trying to do that um, pretty consistently um, leading up to week one and, and the cut down. Um, and that's what we talked about with Ed, and that's the returner uh, positions. And he wasn't good at it last year, but he did show the explosion on occasion. He had uh, one long punt return. He had one long kickoff return. So you see the athleticism. What you don't see as a punt returner um, is ball security. He's not comfortable still. Uh, securing the ball, and that's the most important part. Um, coaches will tell you, and special teams coaches especially. And then it's great to have some explosion from there. Kick returner, there's you know you got to hit the hole, you got to go. Uh, and there's too much sort of east west instead of north south. And I talk about Jalen all the time. He doesn't seem to play with confidence. It's it's kind of bizarre. We saw see it in Philadelphia, saw it in a higher profile level with the basketball team. We consistently saw it. It's kind of amazing when high-level athletes lose their confidence, um, but they do it. Happens all the time, Jody. You've been around a long time. You know, go to baseball, the yips, certain players, Steve Sachs back in the day, and players like that who can't throw the ball from second base to first base. They've been doing it their whole life. And all of a sudden, they wake up one day, they can't do it. Um, it, You know, who knows? But right now, the Jalen Rager, who is playing for the Eagles or was playing at the end of last season, didn't have a lot of confidence. And the fact that the Eagles have essentially moved on from him as a receiver. I mean, barring injuries, we always say that, right? But you got to throw that in there. He's not going to be playing a lot of snaps at receiver. Until they can move on from him, they need a returner. So that, to me, would be the one spot that he could fit in. And we had Brad Spielberger on yesterday, our our cap expert. Um, You mentioned just move on from Jalen Rager. Easier said than done. When you're talking about a first-round draft pick and the way the contracts work, for first round draft picks, if they would have cut him at this stage with two more years this year and next to go in the contract, they'd take a dead cap hit. They they can't just move on from Jalen Rager. No, they're going to lose cap space if they move Jalen Rager, a little less so in a trade than a flat out cut. But if you're going to be negatively affected by cutting a guy from your roster it's not like well we'll cut him we'll bring in somebody else or we'll give kobe more of a chance or maybe that john hightower finally comes to no you got to still pay Jalen rager the money that is owed to Jalen rager because he got his biggest signing bonus as he did when he was first drafted that's the way the contracts work for first rounders in the nfl that's why they're kind of stuck with him john so that's why i asked the question i asked is there any role? Punt, kickoff. Uh, we know the forced receptions hasn't really worked. Some teams have a handful of those in their place, short passes, bubble screens and the like. That's what I think the Eagles foresaw when they drafted him, that he was going to be a master of that, and that's going to be a big element and a key play in their playbook. It hasn't been 
So what exactly does Rager do? Even if they could work out a trade, somebody give him a seventh round draft pick for him. Do you think he's a change of scenery guy? Because you get those every once in a while. Oh, I yeah. just get the new lease on life with a new organization. Can you see Jalen Rager doing something like that? I think that's exactly what he is. He's a change of scenery guy. I think that's a great description. He needs a change of scenery. The Eagles need uh, to move on. I mean, that would be the best case scenario. And you mentioned the cap and ramifications. Yeah, those are true as well. You know, it's 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 it costs less to keep them than the than than to cut them and all that. Um, but the Eagles have proven, you know, with Carson Wentz, they changed the game. All right, and they're willing to move on from a player. They don't care. It it's more about the first round pick aspect of it. They don't. And I talk about it all the time. They're not the only team. The teams don't want to give up on first round picks. They think it looks bad. Um, but change of scenery would be would be good for the Eagles, and it would be great for Jalen Rager. Great for Jalen Rager. And I don't know if he can turn it around, but if he does, because he does have talent, and if he does and fans get upset about it, don't get upset about it because it wasn't going to happen here. And, and change of scenery means change of scenery. It means he needs a change of scenery. It's not going to happen for him here. Um, and that small path he has is as a returner. And who knows if he gains some confidence as a returner and he starts to have some success, which is hard to do in the modern NFL, to be honest, Jody, because you don't get many opportunities. But if that were to happen and he starts to get his confidence back and somebody gets hurt and he gets some reps at receiver, yeah, all right, I guess there's a, you know, if we want to put odds on it, a 10% chance, but I wouldn't go much higher than that. Change of scenery means change of scenery. And same thing with Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons turns into a superstar wherever, Brooklyn, he wants to go to Los Angeles, wherever, it wasn't going to happen here. So those people circling back and saying, oh, you turned to – no, wasn't going to happen. Same thing with Jalen Riker. I think that's a fair way to look at it, and a lot of time fans don't. What did he do when he went elsewhere? We could have held on to – no. It does not work that way if you have long enough to judge a guy in a specific spot and you just don't believe it's going to happen. Well, then, yeah, you got to do what you got to do to move on. Um, and we'll see if Jalen Rager ever does move on. I, I actually I don't think he's a bad dude. I don't think he's a no. bad kid. Good so I kind of root for him to have some success elsewhere, even if it does look bad uh, for the Eagles. And you're right about that first round draft pick thing. And it's. You're, everyone in the league uh, handles it in different ways, uh, but they're all pretty damn similar. I do believe the Eagles are a little bit more sensitive than other organizations. And it's a, a he's gotten a lot of love and a lot of play here of late. I think it's one of Howie Roseman's warts. He knows that he is overly judged by his first round draft picks that haven't worked out. And he is very sensitive when it comes to those first-round draft picks because rest of the draft, good. Free agency, good. Cap management, good. Roster construction, good. How he gets passing grades in almost every aspect of being a – developing other executives that other teams want and hire away, good. I can go down a list of things that Howie Roseman does real well. One that he's come up short in is the effectiveness and the success of his first-round draft picks. And if I know it, and McMullen knows it, 
then Howie Roseman knows it too. And I think from time to time, he does go a little further, bend a little further backwards to try and get for Andre Dillard's still here. I, I'm not sure you agree with me, but I'll tell you, that's as big a reason why he's here as anything else. He's still a first-round draft pick that Howie Roseman doesn't part with uh, because he fears he could go out somewhere else and look good. Well, that- I think I think Andre has more value than than Jay. I think it's legitimate to keep Andre Dillard, even though you'd like to trade him because he's not going to be a starter here and you don't want to pay a backup uh, what Andre makes. But he does have value. I'm not sure. And and when I say value, I'm talking. You know, I'm not talking crazy but you know at worst a fourth round pick I, i'm not sure jalen has that value so i think it's a little bit different so you say at worst a fourth round pick i say at best a fourth round pick uh, yeah i i yeah you and i do i you know andre could play andre's a starting left tackle in this league i'm not saying you know there's 32 starting left tackles he's a starting left tackle he's one of the best 30 he might be 22 23 24 he might be down the list, but he's a starting left tackle in this league. There's a lot of bad offensive linemen in this league. And so, but there's some value in Andre Dillard. I, you know, well, if, you're, if Reagan, you're one of those 10 teams that you're suggesting are starting a lesser left tackle than Andre Dillard, and you know the Eagles would at least be open to talking about uh, potentially trading Andre Dillard. Why aren't those teams calling the Eagles? Oh, um, they, they, I'm sure they have, you know, you know how teams are this time of year. I talk about it all the time. We, you know, when the Eagles were talking all the nonsense about the corners, the young corners, that's how everybody is. Uh, you have an obvious hole and you, you, you start saying, well, in the case of the Eagles, I give them credit for, you know, they're just paying the lip service and, you know, Bradbury became available. I didn't think they were going to go down that route. And they went down that route and they were able to get him. Um, last year is probably a better uh, example with Steve Nelson and the fact that they were talking about Zach McPherson the whole offseason, the whole offseason. And then magically, Steve Nelson shows up two days before uh, the start of camp. He's inserted right away and never leaves the lineup. Um, it happens all the time. I've seen it with other teams covering other teams. They say, yeah, we're pretty excited. And and there's two ways. There's obvious holes, and then there's draft picks. And, you know, as you get down to third or fourth round picks, and they say, ah, we're excited about this guy. We're excited. And then they get him on the field for some grass time, as we were talking about, Jody, and they go, oh, oh crap. That's basically, they go, oh, crap. And we got to do something. This kid's not ready to play. You go all the way back to the Super Bowl season. That's kind of what happened with the Eagles at corner. And all of a sudden they're in August and they got to give a third round was second round pick or second round pick of Jordan Matthews uh for, for Ronald Darby, which is pretty stinking expensive. Uh, you know, Jordan was a a volume receiver, I'll call him, had a lot of receptions, uh, was starting to turn in, then he had some knee problems. And you're giving up a pretty significant pick for Ronald Darby, who, you know, it's a good corner, still get paid like a good corner at least. Uh, but that was pretty expensive at the time. And you, you see yourself in these desperate straits and happens all the time with 
Um, Irv Smith got hurt. I always use him as an example last year because uh, with your Jets, uh, the Vikings traded for Chris Herndon. <laughs> didn't even play. <laughs> didn't even didn't even get. People get desperate, and that's what the Eagles are waiting for with with Andre Dillard. We'll see if there is someone that gets desperate enough. Yeah, you 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 just have a higher opinion of the player than I do. I think uh, he has not been a Rager-like disappointment, but a disappointment just the same. Because as John liked telling us, when Birds 365 was in its infancy and we were just starting to do shows here and Mac-Man was running off the camp every single day, Andre Dillard getting the snaps first. Andre Dillard being run out there first. And Andre Dillard had the chance to be the starting left tackle of the Philadelphia Eagles this year. He was so overwhelmed by Jordan Mailata and looked so bad in comparison to Jordan Mailata. I think a lot of it had to do with Mailata was better than we thought he was going to be. Yeah. And man, did he. Well, that's the big part of it, Jody. We didn't know, and I don't care what anybody says. Well, Baldy will argue this, and our buddy Ross Tucker as well, but nobody knew Jordan Mailata was going to be a top five left tackle. I mean, he lost out to a top five left, left tackle. He didn't lose out to the 32nd best left tackle. So I think right. that how, weighs into how, it. How many, how many practices did it take before that was blatantly oh, obvious? Oh, a lot. Uh, oh, blatantly obvious. No, not a lot. I, I thought you were going to ask how many practices before the Eagles made the decision. They didn't make the decision until the uh, – until Andre got hurt, which I think were the joint practices with the Jets, um, which was late in, in in the process. Now you said when it was obvious. Yeah, it was obvious about a weekend. Yeah, more like an hour. But that's just me. You were there. I wasn't. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Birds 365. All right. We've got another big necked guy joining the show. David <laughs> Weinberg's going to join us from down the shore here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by Dave Weinberg, contributor for 97.3 down the shore. I've been covering the Eagles for a long time from uh, the shore on up. And he looks like he's already got his summer tan working. Dave, how you yeah. doing, big guy? Well, we don't have uh, Dave. You're muted, hopefully. Uh, he's moving the uh, computer around. Uh, do us a favor and hit the mute button, Dave, because, yes, uh, his smiling face was up there. We were hoping for a short shot from behind, but he's just doing it from his living room or somewhere thereabouts. Uh, we'll once again see if we can hear Dave. Are you there, big guy? No, right, we're still not getting Dave. Tone, got, uh, got volume issues uh, that yeah. uh, we got to be able to hear him. Uh, Dave's a handsome uh, young man, but uh, yeah, he's yeah. living my best life in Cape May, man. He's living. I I love Cape May. Uh, that's if, where if, Dave. You tell me if you hit Powerball this week, that's what you're doing. You're buying a house down Cape. Well, May? I'm probably going farther south, but it, that's as south as you can go in Jersey. So in Jersey, that's where I'm going. But I probably go farther south if that gives you a hint. Are you going to be Jersey. a Floridian when you retire? You're going to be one of those 80-year-old men driving I hope so. in a 45? I hope so. My my wife would prefer Arizona. She's not a big humidity person. I, I The humidity doesn't bother me. So I would prefer Florida. She would prefer Arizona. Arizona is a dry heat. Good yes, luck to you. It is a way. dry, dry heat. <laughs> uh, it is a dry heat. All right, we're going to give Dave Weinberg another try here. We'll see if we work through the volume issues. Dave, I'm pretty sure you hear us. Can we hear you? I don't know. Can you? Here we go. All there right. Very good. Right. Very good. Good seeing, good seeing you. There you go. <laughs> good seeing you guys, too. Thanks. Uh, as yep, down, said, d- down in Cape May, getting ready for another Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully the crowds will be yeah, the weather. Yeah, what is it like? Real quick, before we get into the Eagles, because... I sure. love Cape May, but what does it drive you crazy when the tourists come down? Obviously, this is a, it's so <laughs> nice when it's peaceful, and then all of a sudden you get this influx. As somebody who lives there, does that drive you crazy? 
Um, honestly, John, I'm one of the minority, I guess. It really doesn't bother me. I, I kind of enjoy the crowds. I mean, parking is a pain, of course. Uh, tough to get into bars and stuff and restaurants. But um, after like a desolate winter where, you know, you, it's really cold and rain and snow and you don't really see anyone, um, I, I welcome the crowds. I think the more the more the merrier. All right. See, Mike's an extrovert. Company. Dave's an extrovert. Yeah. I'm an introvert. I want everybody <laughs> out. Get out. Let me have everything to myself. I got you. I got you. Good on you, Dave. Getting crowded down the shore for Memorial Day. Be crowded into the Eagles locker room soon enough. Uh, we haven't talked to you during the offseason. The expectations have increased here in Philadelphia quite significantly since this offseason started, where last year ended into this year's uh, beginning. The expectations for me are double digit wins now, uh, potentially a divisional championship. For some people, they're talking Super Bowl. Right now, what are your expectations of the 2022 Philadelphia Eagles? Um, kind of in line with you. I, I'm expecting like 10 or 11 wins, I think. I think maybe 14 is kind of stretching a little bit. But you know Eagles, <laughs> you know Eagles fans. Let's go 17, Dave. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Why not, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, they've definitely added some, some key players here. And uh, anything less than a division title I think is going to be a disappointment. Uh, well, let's talk there, the division title. It does seem on paper, at least, the Cowboys have taken a step back. The Eagles, as you mentioned, have taken a step forward. But you do have a pretty significant difference at the most important position. I mean, Dak Prescott is a proven player, even though he's, you know, come up not the biggest in in, in, in playoff circumstances, but he's gotten True. there. And True. Jalen Hurts is still an unproven commodity for the most part, although he played well last season, continues to improve. Do you think they're close enough at the quarterback position to to overtake the Cowboys? Um, honestly, yeah, I, I do. I know there's some there's some uh, people that have their doubts about Jalen, um, and I, I can understand their their feelings, but I I think that they've in, they've surrounded him. With enough players, they put him in a definitely put him in a position to succeed now, especially with AJ Brown coming into the fold. That uh, and I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. I think he's got the the qualities that you're looking for in a successful quarterback. Obviously, his arm arm isn't uh, the most accurate sometimes, but it seems like he's working on that a lot uh, in the offseason out in California. So I, um, but I think he has the will to succeed. I think he's got the leadership qualities you really need in a quarterback. So I'm expecting him to have a really good year. All right, uh, John and I talk about this plenty on the show, Dave, that there just isn't as much practice time as there used to be. Between the sure. three of us, we've all been watching Eagles for a long time now. And, yes, those two-a-day practices and a lot of hours put in. Now with the NFL, CBA being what it is, there's only so much they can do. So for Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, when are we going to be able to say, I see an improvement in his accuracy? We know he played exactly snaps in preseason last year. That would be zippity doo So uh, McMullen gets to go and watch practices, which are nice. But, again, it's not someone from a team that is attempting to stop you. There is a difference between that and anything you're going to do in practice. How many games are we going to have to see in the regular season before we go? Damn, his accuracy better. That workout in California has really paid off. Getting A.J. Brown is paying uh, – Buku returns. How long are we going to have to wait to be able to say, yeah, Jalen Hurts' accuracy is much improved? 
Uh, I guess it depends on the game plan. And if they run the ball 50 times, you're not going to get the opportunity. That's not happening. They're, they're getting away from that. that <laughs> yeah. Like, much, not, same yeah. exact thing this year as last year. When Sirianni gets thrown up against the wall at two and five, then they'll turn <laughs> into a running team. But before that, they're going to try and throw the football. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to have to wait long. I would think the opening game against Minnesota is going to give you uh, at least a little bit of evidence. I would hope it would. I mean, I, I, I think he's going to come out of the gate, like you said, throwing the ball. And um, uh, I don't think it's going to take long for you to get kind of like at least a, a taste of what he's capable of doing. Um, you, you mentioned Minnesota. That's the home opener on Monday night. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, my mistake. No, yeah, they but they they open on the road in Detroit. I bring that up right, right, because right. on paper, and then it's Washington, um, Carson Wentz, not the greatest team, obviously, and then Jacksonville, <laughs> Doug Peterson coming back in. So mm-hmm. unlike last year, those first four games on paper, the Eagles are probably going to be favored in all four of those games. Um, so I ask you. If they lose one, or God forbid they lose two, how quickly <laughs> how quickly do the wheels start to and people start losing their minds, so to speak? You've been around this team a long <laughs> time. Those expectations have risen maybe to somewhat unrealistic degree. Yeah. Do they have yep. to get off to a good start? Do they have to be four and oh? Do they have to be at worst three and one? John, if they lose the opening coin toss of the first game, people are going to complain. No, no, oh, no, no, no. They always win the coin toss, and they always defer. That right, that's true. Very true, very true. Um, I think I might pull an Andy Reid maybe and uh, open with an onside kick just to get people excited again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, you know you know the Eagles fans, both of you guys. I mean, they're, uh, yeah, they're a fickle bunch, and they can turn on you on a dime. I mean, if you – God forbid, lose to Detroit or lose even one of those first four games. Um, the the stuff is going to hit the fan. It always does. But then they'll maybe if they can come back and win a couple more uh, games in a row, get to like, you know, five and one or something like that, then people will turn right back around and start thinking Super Bowl again. And it, uh, it's always it's always a, a week to week thing with them. Uh, you, you, Dave, for those who don't know, Dave covered the Eagles for a very long time for the press of Atlantic City. Uh, columnist there, beat writer as well. So you have been around this team uh, from the first incarnation of Howie Roseman to uh, Howie Roseman 2.0. Um, and now all of a sudden, here we are, Dave, where people seem to be I don't know if it's fair to say fleeing the Eagles uh, front office, but they've lost significant executives over the past six months, basically. Right. Um, Do you think how he's falling back into some of those uh, issues he had earlier in his career, the Howie 1.0 that had difficulty at times working with others? Um, that's a possibility. Um, I don't know for sure, uh, not being in the building, but, um, I don't know if it's whether all the people left to pursue better opportunities or if it's, they got tired of, uh, working under Howie. Uh, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I would like to think that he's learned that he learned from those mistakes in the first go around. Um, it seemed like he did, but then, 
how he likes to be in charge, how he likes to make the decisions regardless of what he might say. So um, it's prob- there's probably a, a degree of truth to what you're saying that maybe they um, maybe they just got tired of it. That's a possibility. Dave, Dave want to get you to weigh in on this because it's something John and I have uh, debated over the last, well, shoot, since the draft started. And we'll debate it all the way up until they start playing and actually logging percentage of snaps. Um, I was a huge Nicobe Dean fan. Uh, leading up to the draft, I was trying to figure out a way that the Eagles could take Nicobe Dean with one of their first-round draft picks. When they had okay. uh, first, they had three. Then they cut it down to two. They ended up only <laughs> making one. Made it a real good one, by the way. Uh, yeah, when yeah, they I mean, had two or three picks, uh, I was hoping that the Eagles would uh, put history in their rearview mirror and take a linebacker with a first-round draft pick. Well, they got a first-round quality linebacker in the third round in Nicobe Dean. I was just tremendously impressed with what the kid did on the field for Georgia. And I think the Eagles got very lucky to get their hands on him. Mm -hmm. If he's going to get on the field, he's going to have to supplant one of their two, at least on paper, starting linebackers, which are uh, Edwards in the middle and uh, Kazir White outside. Uh, The the Eagles are not very often going to go to a three linebacker set because your base defense now is with three cornerbacks and Avante Maddox is on the field. Um, Who's going to get the most snaps at linebacker for the Eagles this year? Between those three guys, assuming health, is it going to be Dean? Is it going to be Edwards? Is it going to be White? Um, Well, if you're assuming that Dean is healthy, then I would guess it would be him. Um, um, He's, you know, younger, uh, very well regarded, like you said. Um, I I don't quite get the hate for T.J. Edwards, though. Um, I'm with you, Dave. The most underrated player on this team. Um, yeah, he's, he's right there for me, too. I just think he's a legitimate NFL linebacker. He's always around the football. He knows how to play that position. One of the smartest guys on that defense. Um, so I'm not quite willing to to, to put him on, you know, on, on the uh, on the pile quite yet. But they wouldn't have drafted Dean if they didn't think that he was going to be the guy, I wouldn't think. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair way to look at it. Um, and and once you start dropping into the third round, there was tremendous value with Nicobe Dean. Tough to pass up at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the defense as a whole with you, Dave, because there were a lot sure. of uh, upset people. And you know, again, uh, Philadelphia fans like a certain, certain style of football. Very aggressive uh-huh. uh, you know, Buddy Ryan like, uh, uh, you know, blitz or, you know, everything's blitz, blitz, blitz. And sure. Jonathan Gannon was basically the exact opposite of that. I'm going to play mm-hmm. high safety. I'm going to eliminate big plays. And for the most part, overall, the Eagles did that somewhat successfully with the talent they had. Um, at times, they were a top 10 defense, which, you know, you can look at the advanced numbers and, and say it was a little bit worse than that. They certainly gave up too many completions, too many easy completions. But what were your thoughts on on Jonathan Gannon as a first-year defensive coordinator? And now that he has some talent, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, do you think change, change is coming? Uh, I was, um, 
a little underwhelmed at first, obviously, as everybody else was. It seemed like people went again and fired after like the first four or five games. Um, he did a very good job of adjusting, I thought, and um, and uh, turning things around a little bit. Although I would argue that when they went against the elite offenses, they didn't fare so well. But um, with the with the with the talent that they have now, I would expect them to be a much much better um, defense. Plenty of depth on the, on the front. Um, 17 cornerbacks they can choose from now. <laughs> um, I don't know about safety though. I just, um, I know they're big on Marcus Sepps, but I'm not so sure. But uh, evidently they, they they think they know what they're doing. So I guess you got to go with their, with their gut and with their feeling. Uh, they've got to get your take on this. Something we discussed earlier in the week. Um, the possibility of Nick Foles coming back here to Philadelphia. <laughs> there was a report after he signed with the Indianapolis Colts that the Eagles had at least inquired about it. Adam Schefter said yesterday on 97.5, the fanatic in Philly, that it was more Nick Foles related, that he was hoping to come back to Philadelphia more than the Eagles were interested in him, which is kind of an about face because the year before. The the year before, he didn't want to come back. Right, so Nick needs to make up his mind here. Schefter's got the report right. (laughs) Uh, whoever wanted the reunion to happen, if we can put that aside, what would have been the upside? What Sorry, you guys, the... cut out on me. Okay, I'll repeat. Uh, what would have been the upside? What would have been the downside of Nick Foles in Philadelphia Part 3? Well, we froze up, Tom. No. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like so Jay's did, reaction. Did you see that chapter report that uh, uh, Nick was the guy who was trying to initiate it? trying to get traded back here to Philadelphia, John and Dave. Why do you think that was? Hmm. I think he's probably, he probably would have been, I think he's better off where he is with Frank Reich being reunited with him. If it had been like the same regime, like Doug Peterson, um, those kind of guys that are still here, I think Nick would have probably been a little bit more comfortable with things. But um, yeah, I'm a little surprised that he would want to come back, like I said, with the, with, you know, everything, nothing's the same as it was when he was here. So um, that surprises me a little bit. I think he's much, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Nick Foles fan uh, as people know. And, uh, what he did in 2017 was nothing short of, of magical and 2018 for that matter. But, um, I think it's probably time for him to move on and, um, it would have been fun, but, um, fun to talk about, but I don't know if Jalen needs that kind of, uh, pressure from fans and stuff with Nick. Yeah. Being in, well, in, that's, in the that was my question, Dave, and the fact that, and I'm not even worried about Jalen that much because Jalen has the personality, I think, to handle it. But yes, absolutely. We talk about we we talked earlier about those first four games. Imagine the pressure you're putting on the head coach if you get off to a poor start, and Nick Foles is True. sitting there behind mm-hmm. uh, the the Jalen Hurts, a young, still evolving quarterback. Why would the Eagles want to put Nick Sirianni in that position to deal with that as a young coach? I think people forget Nick Sirianni is still growing in his job. Why do yeah, you want young. to invite that controversy with Nick Bowles? Yeah, very true. One uh, That's just another distraction that Nick probably doesn't need. That's, that's, a tr- that's true. Yeah. To me, the whole story was crazy. But the back and forth on who wants who and what wants what. <laughs> Howie Roseman's just got to stop. Stop with yeah. the goals. Stop. It I was agree. great, as you mentioned, Dave. Great run. You know, there's a statue. Let's all pay <laughs> homage to it. 
Uh, but it's over. No more Nick right. Foles in Philadelphia. I'm right. declaring it over on Birds 360. <laughs> no. no more, no more shrines in the locker room, right? And I'm undeclaring it because it's going to happen again, whether it's, whether it's next off season or in 2024. Until Nick Foles is officially come out and said he's retired. It's over. I've, I've declared it will be it over, restoked Teddy. again. I guarantee it. <laughs> there you go. Yep. I just want to know when they're getting a punter. Can somebody tell me that? Yeah. All right. Let's talk punter. Let's talk Aaron Cepas, <laughs> Dave. Uh, He's terrible. Oh my gosh. How did they not draft he, one? He was. Uh, he was pretty good the first half of the season. Then he just fell yes. off the cliff. Yep. Um, it is interesting. You have a ninety-man off-season roster. Yeah, as you mentioned, you have 17 cornerbacks. Uh, I'm exaggerating. You got 105 <laughs> yeah. receivers. Why can't you bring in a punter to compete with Aaron Cepas? We saw it over the years with, you know, Donnie Jones when he was entrenched. They, they never brought in competition but right. until Cam Johnson. They eventually did. But this is a clear indication that they want Aaron Seaposs to win the job. Why do they want Aaron Seaposs to win the job? Yeah, I mean, he's not exactly entrenched. In, I mean, as a you know, a pro bowler or anything. I just like you said, he fell off a cliff the second half of the year. What's the what's the harm in drafting a guy in the seventh round or signing an undrafted free agent or one of the one of the thousand punters that are you know unemployed on, as free agents? Why can't you bring one in to see if they can they can beat him out? I, I don't see the harm in it. Yeah. Well, now they might want to keep him because Australia is eagle territory. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe a so. What's a little longer uh, leash this year for Aaron Teapots because they're going to be selling a lot of eagle merch in Ghana and Australia and New Zealand. Up. Don't forget about New Zealand. I this wonder if Jordan. I wonder if Jordan Mailata was the bigger part of Australia or Aaron Teapots. Which do you guys think is bigger? <laughs> Well, the, the bigger my lot of jersey is bigger, so it you probably sell yeah. it for a, a higher amount. Uh, so I would go uh, my lot on that one. Uh, do, do you guys really know what kind of numbers we're talking about here? That teams have been given and or exercise rights to be able to sell their stuff. And I get the whole let's make the NFL global kind of no. thing, kind mm-hmm. of thinking, but is is it as big a deal as some people think it is that uh, the NFL is spreading its wings, is going to try and spread its merchandise all over the planet? Honestly, I don't follow it that much. I'll defer to John on this one. Uh, I, I would say merchandise is more important than I've had. I've actually had this discussion with people at the league office. I, I Nobody, if, you know, football is a distinctly American game, uh, unlike some other sports that the world plays, basketball, uh, hockey, soccer, obviously, uh, True. which they would call football. People outside of this country don't even understand football. It's so complicated and so over legislated, which I talk about all the time. And the league, because they're like, well, it's so popular here. They don't see it. They don't see it. Like if you grow up in Spain or London or somewhere in Germany, they're having games, even Mexico. And you're sitting around doing nothing and you're talking to rules-based officials and you need a special announcer to 
to explain the rules to people. You can True. imagine if you weren't growing up with professional football, you don't know what the heck is going on. So other That's than true. the merchandise aspect of it, which is real, and like anywhere else, it might be cool in Australia to get a Jordan Mylotta jersey. They understand the NFL like we understand Australian rules football, which I don't know about you guys, but I don't understand at all because I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's a good point, yep. I, I actually knew Australian rules football because – Back in the day, I was working at ESPN when they were showing Australian Rules football. Oh wow! Live. Da -da -da -da. Jody, Jody you're the you're the only one. <laughs> I got the referee moved down. Rather than this, da -da -da -da, that's the Australian Rules football for this score. All right, uh, last thing for me, Dave. Um, we discussed this earlier on the show. Uh, I want to see if uh, you fall on one side or the other. If I told you that Jalen Hurts going forward the next three, four, five years was Randall Cunningham part two or Donovan McNabb part two, which would you be rooting for him to be? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> boy, that's a tough one. Um, mm, man, that's a really tough. I would say Donovan McNabb. Okay. Oh, yeah, only because yeah. of his sustained success. I mean, got them to the playoffs so many times. Randall was an immense talent, but um, someone who really didn't quite uh, fulfill his potential through no fault of his own, I don't think. But yeah, uh, I would probably go Donovan McNabb. How about you guys? They, they never called Donovan McNabb the ultimate weapon. This is true. Very true. Yeah. No, I, but I think Jody and I were discussing this earlier, Dave. I think he has a. I think he's more of a Donovan McNabb style player than a Randall mm -hmm. Cunningham style player. That's that's mm -hmm. sort of my argument. And and you know if he becomes Donovan McNabb part two, that's really really good. <laughs> I mean that's this not true. Bad. Uh, but he is uh, Dave Weinberg at Dave Weinberg nineteen. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, columnist for ninety seven three can also read his own blog, Dave Weinberg, extrapoints.com. His extra points column ran for years in the press of Atlantic City. Uh, Jody went quarterback. I'll go wide receiver, and I'll keep it uh, uh, current for my last question, Dave. Who's the okay. best receiver on this team, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Mm, A.J. Brown, I think. Mm. I mean, uh, Devontae's got potential, but um, one year just isn't enough for me. I Player right. right now. Sorry about that. AJ no. Brown. All right. I think yeah, I think Devontae Smith is going to be better than AJ okay. Brown. I don't know when, but you're probably right. He's got to prove it. But I mm -hmm. think he's got a higher upside. Okay. Dave, I, I, I agree with that. Dave, great stuff. We appreciate catching up hey. with you. Uh what's it like down the shore today? You gonna do any beach combing? What are you gonna get out and do? McMullen's already uh, jealous. Yeah. The golf course is calling my name. Nice. Always, always the golf course. <laughs> you don't go get any Cape May diamonds. You've been doing it for too long, huh, Dave? You don't yeah. get Cape May diamonds. <laughs> not, a, not even a little bit. My Cape wife May still loves those yes. things. Yeah. She still loves those things. Oh, yeah. Me, okay. Very good. Give, give me a Cape May diamond. When you get Dave, it. Hill, May Margarita anytime. Ooh, that, that too. That, that one you can count me in for. Dave, hit him long and strong. Thanks for hopping on with us today, bud. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime.
Thanks, Dave Weinberg, uh, formerly of the Atlantic Press, uh, columnist for 97.3 ESPN, down the shore, living McMullen's life. All right, we'll come back and uh, give you the rest of McMullen's day. And tomorrow, here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Coming down the home stretch of a Thursday edition of Birds 365 with McMullen and McDonald. Uh, we thank both uh, Dave Weinberg and Ed Kratz for hopping on board. We found out some Jersey Shore preferences on the today's show. Ed Kratz, Ocean City guy. Dave Weinberg, living in Cape May guy. John McMullen, if he could be living in Cape May guy. I'm going to stick up for my Jersey Shore town. Been going to uh, Seattle City for 30 years since I first moved here to Philadelphia in 1990. Like them all. Don't let it. Don't get me wrong. Love OC. You want to be able to go out and get a cocktail, but it's a great town. Great boardwalk in Ocean City. I've been to the stupid Cape May Zoo too many times over the years. 
for my daughter's entire uh, childhood life. We made a trip to the Cape May Zoo every single year. Um, and I think it's funny that the Cape May Zoo isn't really in Cape May, uh, which is uh, funny. But um, you pick and choose whatever your uh, location you're going to. You need to bring your radio and your computer. Computer, watch us here on Birds 365 Radio. If you're going to be down there for any Eagles preseason games, you got to listen to on uh, WIP. Hi, Johnny Mac. You you referenced this earlier that the uh, practice squad has been locked into upwards of 16 guys. And the other major change coming out of the owners' meeting was uh, that you're going to be able to get guys back earlier from uh, the injured reserve list. But they cut it from was it six or was it eight? Uh, no, you're 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 getting more players back. You can get as many eight as eight players back. They had changed the uh, rules uh, during COVID that you could come back designated to return after three games. Now it's after four games. So you're going to have to sit out four games on injured reserve instead of three. So a little bit jockeying, but more people can come back. Um, I forget what the limit was. I have to double check on that, but now it's eight, eight players you can designate to return. So basically you have a lot more, maneuverability as a rot. There was a time when you had, um, you, you know, when you had a, injury reserve, he was gone for the year. Yeah. He was gone for the year. So you had to make a difficult decision. If a guy was, there was a potential that he could come back late in the season, but he was going to miss, you know, eight, nine games. That's a tough decision unless it's a real star player. Then, you know, you're going to, you're going to wait, but it was always more defaulting to, well, we got to put them on injured reserve. Now you can designate them uh, to return anytime after four games. So a lot more maneuverability. Also with the practice squad, you can still, not only is it 16, you can also have veterans on it again. So the Jordan Howards of the world, maybe Jordan's back, who knows? Maybe that makes them make that call because now you can keep them on the practice squad again and there was some speculation that maybe you wouldn't be able to do that moving forward it also makes our roster game we talked about that with bill wolf so in internal uh the beat writer rosterful it makes it more difficult because now you have to weigh all that and 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 in the previous rules pre-covid you know jordan howard probably would have been on the eagles 53 last year they would have had to make that decision and right. say, well, we got to keep them. But they had the ability. We know we can get them through. Uh, uh, um, you know, you can release them and get them back so you can put them on the practice squad. A um, lot more strategy to it. A lot more difficult. That that part's kind of exciting because I, I like the fact when you have to think about it. But, you know, Jody, when you think about the math of it, you have 90 – players on the offseason roster you get to keep 69 of them if you want i mean yeah most of the guys who are here are going to stay here sometimes math works for you sometimes it works against you uh where it works against you is the phillies and their bullpen uh math is they need more guys out there in the bullpen right now because they keep blowing games out of the bullpen eagles are okay with the math roster wise because they don't really have anybody hurt do they john 
there, there's nobody that they're assuming is going to be back at some point, but is going to start the season not practicing. Tyree almost... Jackson, maybe. Oh, uh, Jackson, yes. Uh, uh, Brett Toth uh, tore his ACL. Uh, in is week... he going to be back this year? Well, you know, he he tore his ACL in week 18, just like uh, um, uh, is it week 18? Week what are we? Yeah, week 18. Uh, I I get mixed up with the 16, 17 games. Um, so last game of the season, he tore his ACL as well. Um, timing is difficult for September. So, you know, he's a deeper reserve, but he, he, Eagles like him a lot. So now they have more versatility with a player like that. That's a yeah, good thing. All right, uh, one last question since we've dedicated so much time to roster maneuvering and who's going to make the roster or not. Who have we had on more recently? Bo Wolf or Zach Berman? I think Bo. Yeah, so do I. I was going to say we should try and get Bo on again since you two can joust about who's going to make this roster or not. Uh, but I think we're actually due to have Zach. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do that with Bo when it comes to when it comes close to training. Gets a little closer? No, I want to do it now. Yeah. Now we put you guys That's to the test. Pay. If you can make predictions in late May, uh, you could impress the streamers. Oh, I there. see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I got to do. I, I hate doing it, but I got to do my first 53-man roster. Yeah, you do. Prediction. Yeah, it's that time, McMullen. You better put yeah. one of those out, or I'm going to make you do it here on the show tomorrow. Uh, we may reach out to both Bo and to Zach and see if they want to hop on before uh, Memorial Day weekend. All right, uh, partner, good job. Appreciate it today. I say we do it again tomorrow. You up for it? Uh, yeah, let's stay with Jody. It'll be Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald coming back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.